Welcome to Mad and Mindful, a podcast series where we discover and understand all the things that make us mad in life, obsessed, driven, and motivated, while finding the balance and ways to keep us mindful, grateful, grounded, and meditative. I'm your host, Michelle, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to Mad and Mindful. I am so excited for this episode because on this episode, we have our very first guest, Mad and Mindful. He is the owner, part owner and manager of The Hop Knot, a pretzel and beer bar in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. He's also an active member in several business community groups, being an active voice for minority-owned business and operated establishments. And as if he couldn't get any busier, he has also dove into the world of drag, performing under the name Glam Chowda. Welcome to Mad and Mindful, Kenny Prash. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Kenny. Thanks. I know I just went in full force because I'm just so excited that you're here. I'm so happy to be the first guest. I know. <laughs> no pressure or anything, obviously. I'm setting the bar real low. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Setting it high. So you just did a show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So uh, we, uh, I started doing drag in March. And um, I got into it through the Hop Knot because we started doing drag shows there. And... Um, My friend Alex, also known as Chi Chi Marvel, um, we went to high school together, started doing drag like seven years ago, and we started hosting shows at the Hop Knot with him, and then I've always been into fashion, I've always been into makeup, I've always been into performance, so I like asked him one day, I was like, so like, how do I like get into this? And he like just said like, start showing up to shows, like, just start doing your thing, and like, we'll take it from there, so... I showed up. I showed up at a show in Dover. Okay. Wasn't was that for, the one I went to? Mm-mm, okay. No. This is the first time I ever went to that bar. And like I wasn't performing or anything, but okay. like I like dressed up for it. Like okay. I did my makeup, I put on a like an outfit, and I just showed up and it was great because I just got to walk past the bouncer and he thought I was in the show, so I didn't have to pay the cover. And then he introduced me to the the queen that was hosting. And like, I just got a show there one day, and that was that. And then I just started performing. Hi. I got, like, my first real performance in March. That's wild. Yeah. To think it was just in March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, the show yesterday, people were like, I can't believe you haven't been doing it that long. You were great. And I was like, that's like it's been in there the whole time. Like, now I just actually get to let it out. Oh, my God. I love that. What song did you perform to yesterday? Oh my songs. god, songs. So, so, like, it was Halloween, so I tried so to So just get... to preface for everyone listening, you did a five-hour show yesterday. Yeah. Which is lame. insane. Two seatings, three numbers each, five performers, lots of running around because <laughs> the dressing room was so far away from, like, the performance area. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot. Like, it was, like, very... Like but, life. like, a good a lot? A good a lot. Okay. A good a lot. Like, you're exhausted at the end of it, but, like, we all felt amazing after because oh it was such god, a good show. Um, but for music, I tried to, like, I wanted to, like, change my approach on some of it. Like, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Okay, I was like, <laughs> just be, like, a stupid bitch. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is a family-friendly part. No, 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 no. Um, I make sure it says explicit. <laughs> okay, the one that, like, I distinctly remember because, like, it was the one I had the most fun doing was Hunger by Florence and the Machine. Love. Um, but so it was a brunch and there was a brunch buffet. And so I just, like, asked the cooks 
for like a long skewer and I went and I like skewered a bunch of oh potatoes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just like eating the potatoes while I'm walking around and like lip syncing the song. And then like halfway That's through the song I pulled amazing. out like a fake severed foot and like just started chewing on it. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, I love that. The originality there is top notch. I was just like, I've seen so many, like, sometimes I see other performers, like, interpret the songs in, like, really, like, literal ways. Okay. Like. What's, like, the wildest or, like, most unique thing you've seen? Oh, my God. I don't know. There's been, like, there's so many. Oh, my God, pressure. Now I'm, like, trying to think. Ask me another question. Okay. 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 Glam Chowda. Where did the name come from? Uh, Okay. So. When I first started, like when I was planning on starting, yeah, I had already had a name picked out for a while, and it was another one. It was Shazandra Berry. Where did that name come from? I got that one. I actually got that here in Portsmouth from Deadwigs. No way. Because um, so a Shazandra Berry is the only naturally occurring thing that makes you taste all five flavors at the same time. It's crazy. Wait, it's that's like, so cool. It's like a firework in your mouth. Okay. And so like... Oh, it's an actual food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, so you... Okay. Yeah, it's oh, that's thing. so cool. So, um, like, just from, like, culinary background and stuff, like, I wanted it to be, like, food-related. So I was, like, kind of sitting with that for a while, and I didn't, like... I liked it, but, like, it didn't feel like it didn't have that spark. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like, I didn't want to, like, like, whip my hair to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then... One day at work, we had clam chowder as the soup, and somebody looked at the board, and they're like, is that a G or a C? I was like, glam chowder. Glam chowder, that's it. Like, that's it. That's the name. That's the name. I love it. That's the name. Oh, it, my like, gosh. It pays homage to the New England roots. There you go. Mm-hmm. Do you like clam chowder? I love clam chowder. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, you had said earlier that she was always pent up in you, and now, mm-hmm. like, you're finally letting her out. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you, I guess, have the courage to... Bring your front and center. It's kind of like when you're, for me at least. Yeah. Like when I'm doing drag, I get to put on a costume. Okay. So like it's not me out there. Like I'm so would you say that's kind of like a facade in its own way? Yeah. Or like a mask? Yeah. 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 Like like it is a costume and a mask. Okay. So like I get to, I get to be a bit different. Like different than how I normally am. So when you're putting on like the costume, the makeup, the wig, Mm. do you feel yourself like transforming into someone every time you do that? I feel like I'm just more like I'm in some ways I'm more comfortable. I like I always want to like compliment people on like their outfits and their makeup and their hair and stuff. But like me being like a big burly dude. Yeah. Like if I just like if I'm just walking down the street and like quote unquote straight presenting. Like if I'm just like walking down the street and I, like, say to a girl, like, hey, I like your skirt. Then <laughs> she's going to be, like, weirded out. And I've had it happen before. So, like, I don't like doing it when I'm not in drag. But then when you're a drag queen, like, if you compliment somebody, then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, I just got complimented by a drag queen. But <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the utmost compliment right there, real, too. It really real. is. How do you feel now that she's out and doing her thing? It's and good. no longer, like, suppressed? It's Would good. you say she was suppressed at any point? Um... Not, like, suppressed. Okay. Not suppressed, but just, like, didn't have, like, the proper means to, like, be out there. Started, like, when I just started, like, dicking around with makeup at home. Like, I'd get home from the bars. And this was, like, before... This was, like, a couple of years before I even started performing. Like, mm-hmm. I would just get home. Like, I would go out on, like, a Friday or Saturday. I'd come home a little tipsy. And then I'd just, like, fuck around and play with my makeup. What got and, you into makeup? 
Um, I just, I've always liked makeup. I followed, like, Patrick Starr on YouTube and, like, Instagram since, like, the beginning of his, like, whole makeup thing. And, like, I've always liked costume. Like, I was, I did theater when I was a little kid. Like, I've always been into, like, that kind of stuff. Performing, Mm -hmm. putting on makeup, putting on costumes. I love Halloween, so. Glam Chowda. She's out. She's fierce. She's fabulous. Mm -hmm. In tandem, you're also the owner, part owner and manager of The Hobnot. Mm Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are just listening, who don't know much about the Hopknot, can you explain what the Hopknot is? So, the Hopknot is your one-stop shop for craft beer and gourmet pretzels, centrally located in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, <laughs> at 1000 Elm Street in the Brady Sullivan Plaza. You know what's funny is I listened to a podcast that you had done before, and you did the verbatim, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's steer away from that. Let's get into the nitty-gritty then. So... Like you said, it's a one-stop shop. It's a home and a safe space for everyone mm-hmm. and anyone. Mm-hmm. When it came to taking over the place, is the vision of the bar where it is and what it is now originally the intent that you had when you guys first took it over? I think so. I think so. Because like even like now that we're like three years in, it's kind of like... I don't remember what I thought it was going to... Like, I have no idea what I thought it was going to be like going into it because... I don't think I don't think I was able to think in that kind of longevity mm-hmm. of it because like when you're starting like any business but like I feel like especially a restaurant mm-hmm. like it's like go 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 like the farthest you can think ahead is like 3 days like can't When you get... said when you're first starting. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's hard to think that far ahead because like you're just trying to like work out all the kinks at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So like you you're going to mess a ton of things up every day and you're just constantly putting out fires for the first year, two yeah. years. Um and like lately it feels like I'm just getting to a point now where where like I can think a little bit more long term. So what was the intention when you guys first opened up? Or when you took it over, I should say. Um, to not work for other people because I hate okay. working for other people. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was just like a good business opportunity. The person that had originally opened it didn't want it, gave up on it really quickly, but like put in all the put in all the like hard financial work of the beginning, like like getting all the equipment yeah. and um like getting all the licenses and like equipment alone is like a ton of money going into it. He just wanted to get rid of it. So when you guys bought the bar, was the intention to just have a bar? Yeah. Well, like, and the whole, like, they all, like, the other person opened the Hopknot. Like, yeah. the, like the concept of the restaurant. Like, yeah. like, as far as, like, like, what we offer, like, food and drink wise, like, that's still the same. But, like, definitely, you could tell, like, we, you can tell there's a little bit more soul in it now. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, Tin beer tin tackers up on the wall before like yeah. <laughs> all this like branded stuff okay. and posters and everything. I was like, this is like a like a college bro hangout, which but, is completely different to yeah, what it is yeah, today. Yeah, like not yeah. trying to throw shade at those kind of places, but I was yeah, like, this yeah. is not the kind of place that I want to have. Yeah. So like first thing we did was like pull all the stuff off the walls. I was like, I want all of this branded shit off of the wall. Oh my gosh! So like, when you went into it, you were like, I want a completely new slate. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you excited when your family acquired it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, it was, there was a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of mixed emotions. How so? Um, 
not everybody works well with their family. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, I definitely have been there too. And that's my family. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And if you're not on the same page Mm -hmm. getting into like a really big project like that, then it can go really south really quickly. Yeah. So it was definitely like lots of ups and downs at the beginning. Um. Were you ready no. to take over a business? Um. Well, like, yes and no. How yeah, so? Like, yes, like, I think that was just, like, I think that was just naturally the next step for mm-hmm. me. Were you Maybe, scared at all? Oh, for sure. I'm, like, still scared, like, all the really? time. Really? Still, I'm still nervous all the time. You could fool anyone. <laughs> I know. <but> Especially <laughs> me. And I've known you for such a long time, too. <laughs> I was like, like, I just, like, there's lots of stuff that I see that nobody else sees. Okay. That, like... It's hard to, like, it's hard to, like, talk to people about certain things because sometimes it feels like I'm going to be, like, like, I'm going to be judged or am I going to disappoint somebody or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, and it's, like, I'm very, like, I want to figure things out on my own. Sure. So it takes me a bit to reach out and ask for help. So let's go into what you just mentioned right there. Like, when it comes to satisfying other people's needs, Mm -hmm. whether it be the people that work for you or your family, like, how do you deal with that? Always do the best I can. Realize that the best I can might not always be what, like, they want from me and, like, being okay with that. How do you, how are you okay with it? What are ways that you're okay with it? Mm, Sometimes it's just, like, sometimes it's knowing that people's expectations are, like, not doable. And whether or not you're, like, able to communicate that with them. Like, this is, like, unreasonable what you're asking of me. Mm -hmm. Like, I just had a, I just had, like, a private order that I took for somebody. And it was... Like stuff that I don't normally do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I let myself get haggled a little bit, and I was like, God, like the whole week, I was like, God damn it, I can't believe I let this person talk me into doing this. Like, la da 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 da. I was like, so next time, like next time, somebody wants extra, extra, extra everything, be like, that's out of my wheelhouse. Like, if like if I can't give you that, like like maybe you should find somebody else to work with because it's not worth stressing myself out that. over. Like, it's not worth putting myself through it to try to satisfy somebody else when there's a million other places that they could get the things that they wanted from me. It's knowing your boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have, when it comes to being a business owner and also, like, your personal life and your performance life, like, do you have your boundaries set out for you or are you still navigating all of that? I still navigate. I still have to navigate it a bit. Um, Has it been easy for you, like... Does it come naturally to you setting boundaries? No, not at all. Because I'm a okay. yes man. Okay. Like, I'm like 100% <laughs> you and me a both. Yes man. Yeah. Like I'm like I always want to help everybody out. I always want to make sure everybody's taken care of. Like that burns you out so quickly. So quickly. Yeah. And it's like you can't. I can't keep continue to do things for everybody else and like not do anything for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I have to take time for myself. Kenny, 2022. Kenny, 2019. Can you see a noticeable difference in... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. For the better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a lot happier with where I am now. I'm a lot happier with, like, how I deal with my own emotions and everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just saying the other day, like, I think the restaurants helped me grow up a lot. Like, just seeing other people in all their situations and everything. 
especially like being a bartender in like very like metro like urban area mm-hmm. like you see all sorts of people so like just getting to know everybody and like their situations and what they've been through what they're going through and all that stuff like it's it helps me ground myself a lot more seeing people strung out coming into the bar and it's like well like that gives me a reason to not go back to using drugs because (laughs) so it definitely puts in perspective yeah so if you don't mind me asking you about like your use with drugs Mm -hmm. like how do you think that has affected you in becoming the person business owner performer you are now so i was i was addicted to meth for a little while Mm -hmm. for a few years and it i think I think part of it stemmed from just, like, not feeling, like, not liking myself, not feeling loved from the outside or the inside, and okay. I just kind of fell into something that made me feel good. Like, I was in a position in my life where, like, I could afford to fuck up still. Like, I could, uh, like, I had I had a good job when I, when I started using, I had no problem, like, paying for drugs and paying my bills and all this stuff. Like, other people around me were in the same situation, like through their drug addictions but like couldn't hand like couldn't pay for their bills like couldn't do all this stuff and then I just saw one of my friends like I saw him go from I just saw him like turn into a skeleton at some point oh my gosh like, I just saw the life like coming out of his body was because he of his addicted to yeah okay like because of his drug addiction I was like fuck like I don't want to like, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, I don't want to... Like, that's not what... That's not the, like, legacy that I want to leave behind. But then when we got the... Like, I got sober when we opened... When we opened Hop Nut. Like, right when you guys opened? Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> like our first couple of meetings with reps, like, I was having withdrawals. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, so did that happen when you got sober? Did mm-hmm. that happen because you guys acquired the Hop Knot or... It just happened at, like, divine timing. Um, Like, both. I was ready to, like, I had already, like, I had already had, like, a long stint, like, the longest stint that I had had yet. Like, I had gone a few months before that, and then I kind of fell off the, like, fell off again. And then once the restaurant came around, I was like, okay, like, this is it. Like, got to get your shit together this time. Like, no fucking up right now. Yeah. So... Do yeah. you think if you guys didn't have the hop knot, would you still be addicted? Probably. Honestly. Wow. Like speaking realistically. Yeah. Like I was just miserable. I just hated my life. Mm-hmm. It was like I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. Like I just kind of felt outside of everything. What led you to that point? Like being on the outside of everything. And just to go down memory lane, like I know Kenny when we were 14, 15. 15, 16, mm-hmm. we met at Market Basket, the local grocery store, and, like, we've been friends ever since, but there was a lull, because I went off to college, and you were here in New Hampshire, and I just remember you always being, like, a very bright and, like, happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah. Who was, like, just in love with the kitchen mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So, like, when did feeling on the outside come into play? Um, or was it always there, and it just kind of grew over time? like a little bit of both okay a little bit of both okay and I think part of it was like me not being super comfortable with who I was any aspect of my life not feeling secure enough in my career like not being comfortable being gay like all of these things like not feeling like I could be honest with people in my life about Mm -hmm. things and definitely like 
like addiction runs in my family. Like there's been other people in my life that have had, or other people in my family that have had addiction issues. So like that's part of it. My stress load and how I managed my stress was definitely part of it. I found uh, I found an easy way out that made me feel good. Mm-hmm. So like it's easy to fall into when you can get drugs for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I was getting drugs for free, and I was like, this is lit. <laughs> yeah. Anything for free is usually lit. Yeah, right? <laughs> they, come, they come with their cost, though. They yeah, come, exactly. It, 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 it comes with a price, though. It comes with a price. For sure. Yeah. When did you start feeling comfortable in your skin and being able to speak up? and Hopknot. Really? Yeah. So it's like Hopknot's like an angel yeah. for you in some like, way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's definitely like really brought me out of my shell us wanting to be like a safe space where you can like be yourself and everything like I can't preach all that unless I'm like doing it myself yeah so like I'm an open book like when you ask me is there anything that like we can't touch on Mm -hmm. like on this I'm like no (laughs) like I was like I'm coming on here because like I want to like be like totally open about things sure and, like, I think that's just something that I'm trying to take in, like, all aspects of my life. Like, mm-hmm. just trying to be, like, upfront and, like, straight up with people. Like, unapologetic about certain things. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I feel like we all need to strive to be like that. That's yeah. something I'm definitely working on is being more unapologetic. Yeah. I think it's definitely hard, like, us being minorities as well mm-hmm. to be able to speak up without having that people-pleasing aspect, yeah, you right. know? Mm-hmm. You have to, like, try to, like... Like, please your audience. Mm-hmm. Like, please your audience while still honoring yourself. Yeah. It's like... Ugh. It's hard because there's factors that go into it. For mm-hmm. you, it's sales. Mm-hmm. It's customers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just about finding that balance of how far can we push while also being authentic, yeah, you know? for sure. When it comes to Black Lives Matter, you guys have put on a day for Juneteenth earlier this year, which saw great success as well in terms of show out when it comes to speaking out and voicing your opinions thoughts whatever it may be how do you kenny separate your opinions from the business if at all (laughs) um i don't okay (laughs) i don't want um it's that's this is like something that i've been thinking about a lot lately now that like the world's calmed down a little bit. Like there was just a lot. <laughs> there were like there was a lot going on right when we opened, and and like, you guys opened in twenty nineteen. September in twenty nineteen. Okay. COVID shut us down March twenty nineteen. Okay. Or sorry, twenty twenty. And then um, George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests were June July twenty. It was June because I went on my road trip and I like ran yeah, yeah. in twenty twenty. Uh huh. So, like, it was just a whole bunch of shit happening, like, all at once. Um, and that was all stuff that's, like, very close to me. Hits very close to home, near and dear to my heart. Do you think with the movement that shaped the identity of Hopknot, like, do you think it would have, the Hopknot would have ever become what it is today if it wasn't for the protests, the movements? I think it would have, but definitely, like, all that stuff happening mm-hmm. and... Like, local people and medias looking to uplift and project voices like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely, like, was... It helped. It helped for us. Okay. It put it put us in a spotlight, and it made us very quickly be known, like, that's what we stand for. That's what we're doing. These are the things that we're trying to do within the community. 
Do you think the Hopnots values and identities come from yours or are they molded around other people? Um, I think it, <clears throat> I think it comes a lot from mine, like wanting a place, like wanting to be able to walk into a place and like me feel comfortable there. And so when we go back to the original question in terms of like blurring the lines, separation, are you okay with they're all enmeshed into one thing? Like the hop not being seen as an extension of you or would you like it to be its own entity? Um, I don't like, really have a choice because it's always going to be like, it's always going to be part of me and I'm always going to be sure. like, attached to it. I feel like when you like walking in there, mm-hmm. like when I walk in there, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely decorated this place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's definitely me. Like I got like random pictures up on the wall and everything. Like uh-huh. it's like, it's like cozy, but it's not refined. I it's love like, that. It's just like, it's just whatever I felt like hanging up on the wall. <laughs> how I wanted to do things like I can tell that I I can when I walk in there I can tell that I did that yeah because then you have the plants you have Mm -hmm. the family photos which Mm -hmm. makes it more memorable in its own way Mm -hmm. manifesto that board that you guys use the Mm -hmm. chalkboard yeah so at one point in time you guys did have a manifesto up there Mm -hmm. um during the protest yeah can you talk a little bit more about that and in its own put you guys on the map yeah, in a quote unquote. Way. Yeah, in a different way. <laughs> so we were originally using it to like put the beer up there, uh-huh. and I was like, "No, like there's an app for that." So <laughs> everybody, there's an app for that, so everybody can use that. And there's a second chalkboard too, right when you walk in, so you can use one of those two things. But like, I want this chalkboard that faces the windows where people walk up to the restaurant. Like you can see what's written on it all the time. Like even if the lights are off during the daytime, you can see what's in there. And like I leave when I leave at night, I leave that light on that like shines the that shines the light on that chalkboard specifically so there was one the kyle rittenhouse trial the kid that killed two protesters uh where was it wisconsin one of those states yeah Yeah. somewhere over there um he got off with he got off with killing two people yeah um and it was a big debate on like gun rights and stuff like that and like freedom of speech and everything and I was like, yeah, this is just, like, some white boy that got away with killing people because, like, a cute white boy preaching liberty and stuff like that. Not that I was cute. Like, um, <laughs> did I say cute? Yeah, oh, you God. did. I was like, it's not that cute. <laughs> um, but if we want to compliment him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I put a bunch of I was fired up I was yeah. fired up and that one I definitely let like my emotions get the best of me on that one and I okay. put some not so tactful things up there like I stand by everything I put up there but maybe I could have maybe I could have been a little bit more thoughtful in mm-hmm. like the wording I was using when I put it up there but we posted it online and it got traction in a really negative way um, Which was wild. I don't think anyone. I don't think any of us were expecting that. It was so stupid. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, but it's just people from like all over the country. Okay. Like just attacking the business, like leaving one star ratings, making up these fake reviews, all this. And shit. they hadn't even been to the. Post. No, because you look yeah. at their profiles and they're from like Minnesota. Like, yeah, they're, just... like they're from Wyoming, <laughs> and it's all like old white people. <laughs> um. There, it was it was nuts, but it was crazy. It was kind of it was wild. <laughs> it was wild, and like it definitely it messed me up for a bit. It really fucked with my head for a bit. How so? 
I was like, I was getting like I was paranoid that like we were gonna get shot up or something. I was like, we were oh like, I like spoke out. Against, I actually like, do remember yeah. that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, like I kept. I was like concerned. For yeah, you, you were. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like paranoid that somebody was gonna come in and like shoot the place up. For, like for that's what I was thinking because I was like, I spoke out against gun rights and like gun act, like gun rights people like like will just show up in places with like. Like assault rifles, yeah. <laughs> and it's New Hampshire, so everybody has guns. Like everyone has guns. Up here. So let's talk about that a little bit, if you're okay with that. Yeah. When it comes to diversity and inclusion in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. gun rights in New Hampshire, racism in New Hampshire, like what are your thoughts there? I'm sure you saw it, but there was a nice local high school in Manchester. <laughs> my, my very own high school where a student had asked someone else to prom and made a very racist poster in asking this person, which, one, not very pretty whatsoever, by the way. And secondly, um, the school, per usual, and I only know this because I went there, has swept it on the rug. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you think New Hampshire has a tendency to sweep things under the rug yes yeah. <laughs> lean into the mic like, yes um, um, what's your experience with racism in new hampshire it's definitely different for me my okay. perspective on it comes from a way different place than a lot of my other friends because i am half black i do identify as black but i do also identify as hungarian but i am white passing mm-hmm. so like looking at me nobody would ever think that i'm black okay so um, some people think that I'm Spanish. Some people think that I'm Greek. A lot of people think Dominican? I'm Eastern. Yeah, Dominican. A lot, a lot of people, th- when I had hair, people thought I was Dominican oh all the time. Lord. I'm just very ethnically ambiguous. So, um, do you think that also, sorry to diverse, like digress, do you think that played a part in like your identity and being comfortable with yourself too? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Um, but I get to, I have a lot of people say a lot of things around me not realizing like, who they're saying it around. Okay. So, a lot of racism that I've experienced in my life has been secondhand. Like, I'm just around when somebody says something or okay. makes a, like, makes a snarky comment about mm-hmm. somebody or something like that or says a slur. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I ever heard a slur used out loud was at a basketball game. Like, when I was in no high school. No way. And we were watching the varsity team play. Oh, and like my God. And, like, somebody was yelling from the stands. Not nice word for Spanish people. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. In high school. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you tend to speak out when those things happen? Um, if anybody said anything in front of me now like that, mm-hmm. like it would be a lot different than how it was before. Before, um, a lot of it. So, I was just talking about this one with somebody the other day that. One time it was, like, one of my bosses at work. Somebody higher up than me at work mm-hmm. was talking about one of our dishwashers mm-hmm. and used the N-word to describe him. Like, what? N-word-ish. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. But, like. That's wild. How, like, how are you supposed to react to that, like, when it's your boss right. at work? And. How do you react to that? I did not. Like, okay. I definitely, like, I definitely should have said something and I didn't. How would you react to it now? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, okay. I have, like, all these things in my head, like, when I'm walking around the street and drag, like, how I'm going to react if somebody yells something at me. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
Sometimes it goes, like, sometimes I have the forethought to, like, take a breath before I react, and then other times I just start yelling. (laughs) Um, So you have gotten feedback when you're walking on the street and drag? Oh, yeah. We just got called freaks the other night. Like, last night, it was, we were taking pictures, and somebody's like, freaks, and we were just like, thank you, I've been working on it. I I think that's probably the best way to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely in drag. Definitely in drag. It's like, like yeah, dude, like, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm fully aware. It's like, I'm dressing up like a girl. <laughs> I was like, or a woman. A, a woman. woman. There we go. <laughs> but at least you're rocking it. Yeah. Yeah, with that, with the stuff from your high school, that, the, uh, like, just speaking about, like, racism in, mm-hmm. like, New Hampshire is definitely... So when when I think about when I think about that situation specifically, it was two high school students, and then I, somebody else was. Ha- I think somebody was having a conversation about at the bar about this too, and like I like really resonated with what they said. There was like there's two high school students in that picture. There's also someone taking that picture for them. So that's the kid oh that made gosh. the kid that made the sign. Yeah, had to feel emboldened enough to make that sign. Mm-hmm. Then the girl that he asked to homecoming with, yeah, had to feel emboldened enough to accept his. Wait, this is wild. Yeah, it has to. I didn't it, even think about the third person. Accepts his accepts his proposal. Yeah, with that being the sign, like yeah. she was okay with that. Yeah, and then there's another person there. Assuming that it's somebody taking a picture of them and not them just, like, setting a timer. Yeah. Like, there could potentially be a third person in that situation being yeah. like, this is so cute. Like, oh, my God, I can't. I'm so happy I get to capture this moment for you. <laughs> and then, oh. yeah, like, so that's three people right there. Yeah. So, and these things, like, you're taught these things. Right. You're taught these things. Yeah. So, the fact that the young man who did that like it felt like that that means that something in when he was growing up something like something in his life made him feel like that's okay to do right and then something in this girl's life that he like made the proposal to like she felt that it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. and like it was okay for him to say like ask her out that way it's where does it like Clearly, like, this is, like, deeply rooted. Right. This isn't coming out of nowhere. This is part of a culture. Like, it's a culture. Do you have any opinions or recommendations as to how we should be educating young adults when it comes to what is correct? Yeah, and it's, uh, I think a lot of that is, I think a lot of that has to do with education Mm -hmm. and how kids are being taught in school. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're seeing it all. Do you think it's the school's duty to be teaching that those yeah, types of sure. okay or like or at least being able to like honestly and truthfully speak on how like how we got to this point okay like we hear all these things in the media about like critical race theory and stuff like that and what teachers are able and aren't able to what they are and aren't able to teach Mm -hmm. because they're just trying to whitewash history. They're just trying to be like, no, like none of this happened. Mm -hmm. Black people are just lazy. Mm -hmm. Mexican people are just moochers. Mm -hmm. Like they're not like, they're not teaching kids that America fucked up. Like America fucked with Africa and South America. Yeah. And black people are in this country. Like black people were forcibly brought to this country, like against their will Mm -hmm. and were kept as slaves 
and are still kept as slaves to a certain degree. You hear it from mostly white people all the time now. It's like, especially older white folks, they're like, I don't see color. I don't see anything. Well, like, what well, is just like, wild. If to you me. don't see color, then that means that you're, um, that you're not like you're not putting yourself in my shoes and you're not seeing the way I experience the world. Like I experience the world in a very different way than you do. And by you saying you don't see my color, then you're saying that none of my lived experience exists. None of that has anything to do with anything. I feel like we could go on to this topic forever. Because, yeah, because I, I have so much to say to it, too. I want to pivot just a little bit and, like, talk about you personally mm-hmm. while we still have some time. Before all of this, mm-hmm. before you becoming an owner, a manager, a performer, you were originally a chef by trade. Mm-hmm. Do you miss it at all? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The last couple of weeks I've been cooking a lot. Oh, that's great. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I really miss cooking. And I miss, like, especially, like, at work. Like, I just miss not having to, like, put a face on for people. Okay. Because, like, now I'm a bartender. Yeah. So, like, I'm in front of people the entire time I'm at work. So I have to, like, keep a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. To be... I have to... Even if there is something wrong, yeah. I have to act like there's nothing wrong. Um, I miss I miss getting to be in the back and not having to worry about that. Do you think it was a good thing that you were forced out into, like, front of house? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I, I, I always knew that at some point I was going to become a bartender. Like, that was always part of the, like, my... Okay. Like, I knew that to always be part of my path. Wait, I didn't know that. Like, okay. like just, like, I knew that if I ever wanted to own my own restaurant, mm. like, that I would have to get some front of house experience just to, like, understand how it works. Okay. Because when you're owning the restaurant, you can't just focus on the one aspect. You have to focus on sure. the whole thing. Yeah. So, when we got the hop knot and I started working up front, like, that was just the natural progression of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kitchen, like, the kitchen, like, that's where the... Once I started working in restaurants, restaurants, like, that's where I felt like I could swing my dick a little bit. Like, like I was, like, I was good at, like, I was good at it. I knew I was good at it, and other people saw that I was good at it. Did it come naturally to you? Yeah, and it came, and, like, I didn't have to think about it that much. Like, it came really, really easy to me. Like, everything, everything about working in a kitchen makes sense to me. And, like, that's why it was just so easy for me to progress so quickly in my career working Mm -hmm. in kitchens is because it it all made sense to me. Like That's so interesting. Where do you think that came from? I think it's like you have to be Oh, oh my god. What? Ready for this one? You yeah. have to be a little mad and mindful. Ah! <laughs> ah, the you first did not. Oh my god, um, I love that you just did that. Um, See we're tying it all in, guys. <laughs> tying it all in. And I didn't even tell Kenny to say that. <laughs> that was not paid advertising. <laughs> um it but you, you do so, have to be obsessed. You have, like, you have and to be a bit crazy were, about it. Yeah. And... I guess, like, what I'm trying to ask, though, is, like, where did that crazy come from? Like, where did it derive from? Was it, like, something you knew early on? Were you always in the kitchen? Or were, like, you obsessed with shows? Or, like, what was, I guess, that fact, that turning... The turning... Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So, it was at Market Basket. Oh, wow. So I got past, so we worked in the checkout area together. Yeah. And I got passed up for promotion a bazillion times by the cute girls. Okay. Because. Wait, I didn't know you were trying to get promoted. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Because you okay. remember our covert managers. <laughs> 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 so they, they promoted the pretty girls. Yeah. Um, 
and me, the big goofy, <laughs> the big goofy <laughs> kid with the big goofy hair, <laughs> kept getting passed up. But so I uh, was old enough to start working in the other departments sure. because like you need to be a certain age to like use like knives. You have to be eighteen to use certain equipment. So I knew that the deli was looking for help. I was like, hey, like I want to go work in the deli. Like, can we make that happen? Did you have any food experience no, prior? Zero. Wow. Okay. And the so the. Um, the deli manager was dragging his feet okay. about picking me up. Kitchen manager kept coming through my line. I was like, she was like, hey, like, we need help in the kitchen really bad. So, like, if you want, like, I'll get you in in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, word. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. Like, I'll go make food. And then they put me on the pizza station, okay. like, my first day. And, uh, like, they were, le- they left me alone after, like, an hour. Wow. They were, like, like, they were like, oh, like, yeah, that's exactly how you do it, like. That's like, so cool. Yeah, like within the first week, I was working the station all by myself. Oh my gosh! And, like, yeah. and you had no prior experience. No, like I wow. didn't. Like I, I had probably like cooked. Like I probably cooked a couple of times at home. Nothing that like I can remember. But like, do your parents cook often? Yeah, like I okay. like my whole like food's like a huge food was a huge part of like okay. our upbringing. Like my mom always cooked for us when we were kids. Like we always had food on the table. Mm-hmm. Like night like fresh cooked food on the table. But then once I, like once I started working in that kitchen, I was like, well, like this is really fun. Like I like this. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of dangerous. Like there's <laughs> knives. And I, think was, I could burn. It's myself. like sexy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like it was fun. I liked it. I got to make nice food. It was well like nice food at like a grocery store yeah <laughs> like, in a grocery store kitchen but like after that then <laughs> then um season 10 of top chef had aired and I th- i'm pretty sure it was season 10 and uh kristen kish was the one that won that one. Oh my god i love her yeah. and she's boss like i think just everything about that like just the group of people that were on that season mm-hmm. and like kind of how the whole thing went because like they do the restaurant wars episode Kristen Kish was like the leader of her team mm-hmm. and then one of the other chefs fucked up and then Kish got kicked off because of it but then they have the other show where they can get back on at the end and then she came back on what? and she won at the very end like I didn't her know whole any thing, of this like she like she like stood by like her dignity like okay. she was like I was the leader of the team I should have known this I fucked up she got kicked off but then like is a boss oh, bitch in the other that. show knocks everybody else out <laughs> and then comes back at the end with food and then like comes back at the end and wins the whole thing wow and like she's from like her career started in Boston which is right next to us yeah like, I was just like whoa this feels like you feel an like, emotional yeah. and mental connection with yeah. Kristen she is boss, though. Yeah. She was the catalyst for me, like, really getting into... I love that. Mm-hmm. What makes you courageous in doing all the things that you do? I know that you said the hop not really helped you. You're always doing new things. You're always going out meeting people. Like, I always see you doing different things and trying... Just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are gravitate more on the wallflower side, what would be your points of guidance there? You don't always have to. You don't always have to be afraid to talk to different people. Talk to new people. Like do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Go do something by yourself. I really just want to be me. Yeah. That's a big thing for me now. It's like I just want to. Like I want to be who I am, and I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to put on a mask for anybody. Mm-hmm. And 
some people are gonna like that some people aren't gonna like that the people that I want to like that like that so that's all that really matters to me be easy be easy <laughs> be easy <laughs> Don't stress out so much. Be easy on yourself. Yeah, Let's clarify easy, that. Yeah, Not be easy, be easy yeah, with yeah, other yeah, people. Yeah. Don't be easy with other people. Be easy with yourself. Be easy on yourself. Yeah. Be easy on yourself. All right, Kenny, I'm going to ask you four more questions. Okay. Say the first thing that comes to mind. Heard. Keep your answer short. Okay. First one. What is one way you stay mindful? Sleep. Sleep? Sleep. Lots of sleep. Lots of sleep? Lots of sleep. Okay. How much sleep do you get at night? Uh, it varies night to night. Okay. But if I need to, if I need to stay in bed for like a whole day, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. Love Sometimes it. I just need to sit in a dark room in my bed <laughs> on my phone and just like tune out. Love it. What's something you're unapologetic about? <laughs> well, I uh, I felt like your soul just came out <laughs> and then back in. I don't know. I get nervous. I get nervous in this pressure. No, um, not at something all. Something that I'm unapologetic about. Yeah. Um, the um not being a dick to people like not okay like, don't be an asshole like if i hear you being an asshole on the street like mm-hmm. I'll... towards other people when it comes to standing up for yeah yourself. like there was some girl the other night i was walking down elm street okay. and some girl was like laying it into her boyfriend she's like you've been you've been such an asshole to me all night i've been the butt end of all your jokes and i just walk by i'm like work like you tell him <laughs> i was like tell him tell him put him in his place because i'm sure he has been we love an empowerment moment right there <laughs> next question if you could have one superpower what would it be uh teleportation that way i don't be uh, i won't be late to that. just snap your fingers yeah. and off you go yeah i'll be i'll get to place a lot quicker okay and final question What's one thing you'd ask our listeners to do today? Um, say hi to a stranger. Compliment a stranger. Oh, I love that. Yeah, say hi to somebody that you're walking past. Be nice. Smile at somebody. <laughs> Put a little positivity out there. That's like 10 things. But... <laughs> it all comes into yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you got the gist. Yeah. Well, Kenny, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy you're our first person on here. <laughs> thank you again. We'll definitely bring back Kenny soon. For sure. And thanks for listening, guys. I'm happy you all are here. Bye.